How's it going on tonight, everybody? We are Run the Real featuring Mike, Terry, Fox, and Dan. And we're back, continuing our new category from a few movies ago, Paul Thomas Anderson movies. Yeah, exciting. This has been good. Yeah, like I haven't seen like any of this guy's stuff hardly, so... Weirdly enough, a lot of his movies have been like on my watch list. So I've just been like crossing them off one at a time. It's nice. Yeah, it's been an experience. I know nothing about this guy, and he's got some interesting movies. But who who picked this one again? Who did it? I believe this one was my pick. I believe so as well. And the name of that pick is Inherent Vice. Ah, uh, yes. Another Joaquin Phoenix picture. Yeah, it turned out to be. I didn't realize he was going to be in this one, I guess. I think you guys told me maybe now that I think about it, but I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> it's always a good surprise when he shows up, I feel like. You know, he definitely looks different uh, than I've ever seen him look, I think. Yeah, definitely. You know, he looked like Wolverine at first, I thought, with the giant mutton chops. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I just wanted to shave those off. I'm not going to lie. I was like, that's that's got to go. I used to have mutton chops. What is this? Is that what you were thinking all the time in high school? Jeez, I just want to shave Fox. No, no. Like, you you pulled off the mutton chops. But this one, I was just like, two and a half hours of mutton chops, they got to go. But we're going to get into it. Not more non-spoiler stuff here at first. And... We'll talk spoilers later after, when we get into the categories, but you remember from last week, whoever picked the movie goes first for this, right? <laughs> that was a suspicious trend that started. Oh, no. Oh. It's, it's I didn't know I was going to have to go first. I would have dressed up nicer or something. Yeah. Gotta tell us what it's about. Why don't you read us a little synopsis or something? If I was going to describe this movie... I'd have to say, in the 1970s, drug-fueled Los Angeles private investigator Larry Doc Sportello investigates the disappearance of a former girlfriend. Hmm. Yeah, I guess that is it. In a in a nutshell. In a nutshell. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in a very like broad <laughs> perspective, I suppose that is the plot. Yeah. Might not be a nutshell. I don't know. It might be purple. Might be a bunch of weird neon behind it through a weird haze of smoke, yeah. fog. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what do you think, Fox? You picked this one. Why don't you give us your, your some thoughts real quick? You know, I got to be honest. Uh, having just watched this yesterday, I'm, uh, I'm still kind of processing. I had to go uh, do quite a bit of research after watching it. But honestly, I kind of enjoyed that. And I had a pretty good time watching it, you know? This is definitely something different. This is an experience, to be sure. I feel like I shouldn't even try to put it in some kind of box. It's just it's just something to be experienced. I think it's still very much a Paul Thomas Anderson movie. But uh, I gotta wonder if maybe he had some more creative freedom on this one than some other ones, because this definitely uh, takes the cake for weirdest, in my opinion, so far. It is pretty weird. <laughs> it is a bit weird, yeah. It's like a, I don't know, it's, there's a lot of this movie going on. There's so many, like, threads, and there's, like, I would, usually when I do these reviews, I try to keep track of, like, each character and, like, their name so I can, like, reference it, 
Man, I gotta like scroll in my notes to like get through all these characters, and I stopped at some point because like there's just so many, <laughs> and they've all got their own specific little thing going on, but they're all like intertwined, you know, like it's all like it, it all makes sense within the plot, you know, but they're not just random people showing up. But although sometimes maybe it feels that way, it's just interesting. I'm a little, I'm kind of still thinking about this one too. Uh, I don't, I don't, I'll say right off, I don't think I disliked it by any means, um, but. It's just, um, it's very dense, um, and I'm glad you did some research. Maybe you can, like, <laughs> help me fill some <laughs> gaps, because, you know, I was just, like, I, I don't know. I was left, like, I don't know if I was as strong on it, I guess, as the last two that we've watched. Are you saying, TV, that there's no phantom threads in this movie? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I am, yeah. Maybe this one isn't quite... The master it thinks it is. Hmm. Oh, ho oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Use his own movies against him. <laughs> Maybe this tastes a little bit too much like licorice pizza. Ugh, gross. <laughs> no, it's not that bad. <laughs> there will be blood if you bring me a licorice pizza. Yeah. <laughs> Such good titles. But yeah, I, I agree with you, TV. There's... A lot of characters, a lot of stuff to keep track of, and I feel like the story meanders throughout most of the movie, and it's two and a half hours long. I thought it was very well shot, and the sound was great, but, like, man, is that plot confusing, and I I don't know. I would say kind of unsatisfying at the end as well. I don't know if I'd say unsatisfying for me, but I'll agree with you, Mike. The, the plot... And the screenplay, once again, are the weakest parts of this guy's movie. <laughs> Everything else is pretty good again, but it needed a much better screenplay, I think, because it's very meandering, just like the master was. Um, and also, I would argue that Doc doesn't do a ton of investigating himself in this movie either. <laughs> but we can get into that later with, like, the spoiler stuff, I think. Surprisingly, though, I do think I like this better than the other two we watched. Ah. Just for the, like, I really like the, the style and everything going on. The sets, the costume design, um, the characters were pretty goofy, too, which was fun. Um, just that plot, the writing wasn't as strong in this, I don't think, which is odd because it's based off a book. Yeah. I don't know if the book is like, how, I don't know how strict of an adaption this is of the book either. I think I read that he started out like writing the screenplay, like word for word, the same. And then as they started like developing the movie, they started deviating more, the more they like filmed and like cast it and got ready. Yeah, it's. It's weird. I, I I agree, though. I think, like, there is a testament, once again, because I think the acting has been such top-notch in this, and, like, the characters have all been so interesting in all these movies that I'm, like, willing to put aside some of my, like, maybe I have some frustrations with the plot. Maybe it does feel like it's dragging. But, like, I'm also just kind of engaged just because I like watching, yeah, Joaquin and Phoenix blunder around L.A. and try to figure stuff out. Like, is there something kind of fun about that? And he does get into some quirky situations, which I have a lot of fun with as well. Um, it's it is a funny movie too, which gives it a lot of power. I think I think it's supposed I think it's supposed to be a little like aimless feeling sometimes. I think that's like his intention, but if it works for you or not, I guess is the question. 
You know, I think I will say, you know, free of spoilers, this might be like my favorite Joaquin Phoenix movie, just because for once I feel like he's not a freaking weirdo. (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I thought he was kind of like likable. He was cracking me up all the time. Last week's episode, yeah, you're saying he kind of just plays a maybe slightly like, yeah, mentally unhinged person in all his roles. <laughs> right. And I'm sure he has other roles that aren't, but it's like, you know, from what I've seen from his filmography, he's always being somebody who's unhinged or on the verge of becoming unhinged. Yeah. He's like in this, he's kind of almost seems like a, the most normal guy in the room <laughs> at any time. It definitely, you know, <laughs> everything just kind of happens around him. I mean, he's a good actor. I just get tired of the, uh, it's exhausting. <laughs> I, I get that. And I completely agree, Fox. Like, it was fun to watch him play basically this stoner dude instead of like someone like the Joker or Freddy in the last movie. Like, I don't know. I get what you're saying. He kind of does play that one type very well. And it was fun to see him do something different. I agree. He He was, I'll just say too, he rocked that. 70s look when he got the curly hair going on with them shades oh he looked so good (laughs) it was awesome he did he looked cool yeah anytime he was in the car driving around i was like i could just watch this like 10 20 minutes to like a cool 70s track of him just driving i think there's like a specific moment yeah i remember i think i noted it i was like there's a cool like awesome music track playing he's just cruising around i was like this is this is vibing, which I like. Um, I think, yeah, the, just the vibe of this movie is really cool. And I think it's, like, interesting how, it, like, in some ways all these movies have felt kind of similar, but they all have pretty drastic tonal changes, too, I think, which is, is kind of cool that he can do so many different things. Definitely. But I think we've hit the wall, boys. Are we ready for categories and spoiler warning? Yep, spoiler warning from here on out. All right, so yeah, we're going to dive into it. We're going to break it down first into the story and acting discussion, followed by visuals and audio, and then just kind of our spoiler overall thoughts again, so. Oh, yeah. See deep into the mind of your four hosts. See through the veil. Oh, yeah. But story, I've got my first beef with this here. I think... This should have been a buddy cop movie with Doc and a Bigfoot instead of what it was. Because maybe spend 20 minutes with uh, Doc wandering around high doing investigative work somehow. Um, But most of it, I think, should have been focused on that. And it would have made it so much better for me. Because I loved everything they did together. I don't disagree, but man... I don't know if the character of Bigfoot would be the same if he was allowed to have a buddy. I I, I do think he could have used someone to bounce his like thoughts off of or something. Uh, like when they were at the Japanese place. Uh, <laughs> wait, what? When he's at the Japanese restaurant for breakfast and he oh. and they were talking and bouncing ideas off each other. Yeah, I could have used. I don't know. I think that would have helped it actually to have somebody else with him. Um, he has that friend that he hangs out with sometimes. He like drives his car, and like that would have been nice. I think if that guy would have been hung around with him for most of it too, or something. I because I, I like it. I don't think it's like a horrible mistake, but I do think it would have just been nice to have them able have him be able to discuss with somebody what's going on a little bit or something. 
but he gets set up by Bigfoot. Bigfoot turned out to not really be his best buddy. Yeah, that's true. Which was a twist, yeah. I didn't expect that. I I agree, TV. Like, just Doc as himself, he's interesting for a little bit, but for two and a half hours, I thought he needed somebody else there with him in the investigating. He really doesn't have as many, like, weird things going on with him as everybody else around him does, you know? He's like the one constant, and everybody else is super weird and quirky. He's not that interesting of a character either, I don't think. He's probably one of the weaker of the main characters out of those movies we've watched. I think you might be onto something there, Dan. I feel like his thing is he gets lit and he wanders around and he has a sign over his door that says detective. <laughs> yeah, he's very carefree. Um, I don't know, like... It is also, I think, kind of a nice change of pace that we aren't... Because I think a lot of like the main characters we've seen have had, like, mental issues of some sort and it's kind of nice i think this guy still has some maybe uh, or like at least some hang-ups here and there but like it's kind of nice to just to have like a normal dude as well um i think as the main character he's but he doesn't feel as deep i guess is the thing too yeah he's got like he's trying to find shasta which is like his main vice is that yeah an inherent vice maybe but yeah i don't know i i kind of agree that's weird yeah he's not as complicated i guess is maybe the right word he he definitely lives the hippie lifestyle in that regard <laughs> he just goes with the flow but i mean you don't have to be like have a disability or some like super negative quirk to be an interesting main character right they could have they could have figured out something to do with them and keep them pretty down the earth still you know i think make them a little more interesting but it does, they do rely on all their side characters and him reacting to them for sure. Which they got a, a ton of side characters in this. this. This really reminded me of like Hail Caesar. He's investigating something and goes around, meets all these quirky, weird people, um, sometimes recurring characters, which is cool, but it. I don't know. It's hard to follow when you do that, at least for me, watching these movies. Um, I didn't really have a good grasp on what the plot was for most of it and what was going on and who was connected to who because there's just so many characters. Punch Drunk Love felt a lot like a Coen Brothers movie, right? And this one, yeah, this does feel like something they would do too, but a lot slower paced, I guess. I think this is pretty similar to the Big Lebowski. Yeah, like the dude, he's a hippie guy, right? Yeah. And there's not much to the dude. He abides, he trundles around, he witnesses some crazy stuff, and he goes home. Not unlike this guy. Like, I know this guy's a detective, and he's supposedly investigating, but I feel like he mostly just ends up in places where people want to talk to him. Yeah, <laughs> it's all about his connections, yeah. Yeah, which I want to harp on later, but... I think to your point, Mike, getting confused and stuff with this is because of how slow paced and meandering it is. It feels like, like, I think TV said it earlier, like it's deliberately filmed in a way that's kind of like aloof, I guess is a good, would be a good way to put it, right? And it's not like, it's very hard to make connections and stuff between things in this. 
um, which for a a crime drama, I think is not a good combination. <laughs> yeah, it's like because I think they they are all like connected in some way, you know, which is looking back on it makes it interesting, but it's not like evident while you're watching for at least for a long while. And it's kind of like, okay. And I guess in a way it does kind of feel like those old like detective movies where it's like he uncovers something even deeper than he thought. But I don't know the, the reveal even, I would say it wasn't quite as like, if it is going to be meandering like this, I feel like it could have like been a bit bigger of like a reveal or something, a bit more mind blowing. But it didn't really like, ex- you know, ex- I I don't know if I would say surprise me because I was just like, oh, okay, you know. But I don't know. I I guess it's just like a. It just kind of feels like it ends, and it's like, well, he did one good. I guess one thing, good thing came out of it. Maybe that's the point. He helped some guy that he met. Uh, but I don't know. I felt like there could have been like a big more climactic conclusion to it or something. I think it's like an issue with like the core concept of this whole thing is like you're supposed to be as confused as he is but then it makes for like confusing watching and you're like but wait mm-hmm. yeah yeah it, it is kind of the typical fair it does get a little crazy with some of the reveals but it's not like it's the typical stuff right that you would expect to see for the most part in this i think just with some crazy, crazy characters <laughs> sprinkled in for most of it. Um, but I think, too, part of the point is that it doesn't have, like, a satisfying resolution, you know? It's like he he figured out what he was in it for, and then he did that the, the side quest, I'll call it, the side job that he got um, assigned to, or that he took on. And he got that finished, so he's just like, "Cool, I'm done. On to the next one." It almost feels like an, an like he, I think I've said this about like almost all the movies. Almost like a day in the life kind of thing, where there's just like something that he does like all the time. He just like wanders around. He picks up a bunch of cases. You know, sometimes they're all connected. Sometimes they're yeah, just tangentially collect, connected, but they all lead him to like completing one specific thing or something. It feels kind of that way, I guess, a little bit to me. I'd agree. Well, should we go over the plot a little bit now, I guess? Uh, if you want. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you could summarize it, yeah. That's... <laughs> I, I could give a crack at it. Um, at least what I took out of it. Anyways, so Shasta comes to Doc since they were together, and then she ran off mysteriously. And it's like, hey, I need your help for something. And apparently the thing is that the big real estate dude, Wolfman, Mickey Wolfman's wife and her lover want to rip him off with the help of Shasta, who is like... Oh, it's like a side piece, yeah. Yeah. So they want to get her involved in ripping him off. And she didn't know what to do, so she came to the doc to get his opinion. But before anything could go down, he goes missing. And so then everybody's looking for for Mickey Wolfman. And then they figure out that there's this syndicate called the Golden Fang that's involved somehow on this. And they're like running drugs and stuff, like real high quality stuff via like a dentist office and other methods throughout 
Los Angeles. And so they figure that out. And then they figure out that they also run a bunch of rehabilitation clinics around too. So they get you high on their supply and then they send you, you go to their rehab clinic and you pay to be there. So they get to double dip on all of their clientele, which I thought was really funny. <laughs> but, but they're also like their rehab clinic. This is kind of like the crazy thing too. Their rehab clinic is like Moon also moonlights is like a Nazi cult of sorts too, where they brainwash people to join it, um, which was pretty uh, nuts. So yeah, I didn't pick up on that part. <laughs> so I think the, the 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 cult in like spa I think is supposed to be like a CIA CIA MK Ultra kind of thing, because the FBI backs the Golden Fang. Mm hmm. Yeah, they're doing that. Plus, they wanted to get. Um, Mickey Wolfman out of the picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because he's he's at the clinic, right? Yeah, yeah. Like he's he, at they, the rehab place, and they wanted him out of the picture because of some big real estate deal, or he was going to own more a lot of land or something. Oh yeah, he's going to give it away for free or something like that. Yeah, he like yeah, lost. they don't want him to give away all his billions and ruin, I guess, capitalism. <laughs> I'm not clear on that part. <laughs> yeah, and that was kind of that was the part that I was thought was usually like the usual fare right because it's always in these movies the government's behind it you know yeah it's always it, it goes deeper than you even thought yeah it's always at the top but it comes down and trickles down or something yeah yeah they figure that out um and yeah that's basically the plot well, and then there's like, so then there's like other things like the uh there's that guy who gets murdered oh yeah Owen Wilson <laughs> <laughs> well, Owen Wilson's there. He's like undercover for the FBI. He's undercover for a lot of different groups, which is kind of a funny bit in the movie because he keeps finding Owen Wilson in all these places. And then, well, then there's like, um, I don't remember his name, but like uh, around when Shasta disappears, this other guy like disappears and then Joaquin Phoenix ends up waking up next to his dead body. Oh, Glenn. Yeah. And then there's like the baseball bat guy who I guess is like a hired killer or something. Yeah. And a Nazi. And Puck's there, yeah, he's the Nazi, like, friend or something. Yeah, it's really weird. Yeah, Puck is involved with the contract killer that the FBI used to off um, Bigfoot's partner. Yeah, and then Bigfoot's connected. Yeah, we didn't even bring up Bigfoot. He's been, like, and he's, like, ostracized by the police because, is he gay? I think he really wants to be a hippie. I think he really wants to do drugs. Well, he was a hippie at one point, wasn't he? Yeah, like he wants to go back to doing that. And he's mad about being a cop. Maybe he's gay too. I was I was confused by all the homoerotic stuff around the cops, but it was cracking me up. It was funny. <laughs> but and they like they talk about like his he was close to his partner and I was like kept talking about how close he was and I was like, Oh, were they like in love? Um, and that's why he gets such a hard time at the police places because everybody kind of thinks of him lesser because of that. Like maybe it's not like, you know, officially known, but everybody suspects him or something. Um, cause that's kind of another thing that's plays in this, like people's ideals and ideologies. It's like a, a war going on, the cold war, you know, the communism and the hippies and the, the straight men. And yeah, so there's a lot of that going on as well. The Nazis and it's crazy. I found a website about the book which like i think for the most part plot wise is pretty similar besides the ending 
and it breaks it down into like five distinct plots that then like intersect. That makes sense. That kind of is how this movie feels a little bit. Yeah. That was kind of how I had to figure out like what all happened and like I guess like the smaller whole details because there's definitely the big overarching thing with like the golden fang and whatnot and but then like I guess Shasta's kind of disappearance gets pushed even into the back when everything gets nuts. I think is why they separate it from like Mickey's plot and the saxophone player guy's plot and yeah, I wish it was just more clear what was going on, because you're right, we kind of get this in like a hazy view, and it's disjointed, because I feel like it's supposed to be Doc's perspective of all this stuff, which is kind of interesting, but it's also confusing as all get out. I had no idea really, like, what was happening. Like, you guys brought up stuff, and I'm like, oh, I can see that now. But watching it, no, I didn't pick that up. And when it was done, I ultimately, like, didn't want to put in the time to research it because I was that disinterested in it. So that's where I'm at with that stuff. It's a fair criticism. It's hard to do a crime drama and not... Uh, it's a weird way to approach it. And I'm not sure it's the right way to approach it. I think he did as good of a job as he could have, you know. <laughs> I I think it does... Yeah, a great job of setting out what he wanted to do, but this is another one that doesn't click with me. Kind of like the last one, The Master, was. Because uh, I like the Big Lebowski comparison, too. It's it's similar, but that one is goofy and funny for most of it. And this one is not. Um, there is some funny stuff, but most of the time it is serious. And when things do get really serious, I liked it. And it was interesting. Like when he got kidnapped and hung up there and like had to break out with the Bigfoot, that stuff was great. I don't know. Too much of just Doc's life, I think, was in this for me. <laughs> yeah. So many moving pieces. I feel like they could have just cut it down a little bit. And I think I would have liked it a lot better. Just because there's a lot of fun characters, but I just think. I just, yeah, like I said, at some point, I just stopped keeping track of everybody because I was like, half of my notes are just names. <laughs> it's like, I don't, I don't know who any of these people, like, I get they're connected, but I don't know. I just kind of, yeah, it's a little tedious at times, I think. I guess I thought it was pretty goofy. I was chuckling for a lot of it. I thought it kind of had like a deadpan kind of, you know, eye roll humor going on the whole time. People would just say crazy stuff that made no sense and Doc would be like, uh-huh. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and sometimes you can, like, glimpse at his notes, and they're, like, this dumbest thing ever. Yeah. Like, it's just <laughs> nonsense in like, there. <laughs> some girl, like, explains some, like, meaning in Spanish to him, like, and it's, like, a big clue, and he just writes something in Spanish. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. That's not what the takeaway was here, man. <laughs> There's a lot. I I'm with you on that, Fox, though, I think. There's a lot of humor like that, low like, low-key humor in this, I think, throughout a lot of it like the the note taken was pretty funny it's like that kind of like stuff runs throughout the whole thing which is pretty amusing that's how people react to doc and stuff too yeah it's like a very aloof i guess is yeah it just feels like there. i agree i think there's like a vibe of just kind of like i don't think i'm taking it that i don't think the movie wants me to take it that seriously and i don't think i did just because it was kind of yeah, kind of quirky and weird like his other movies, but I, I don't know. It, it's funny. I would agree. I had a, a, the vibe of comedy for most of it. It's just, 
it is kind of low. It's not like high intensity, I guess. Funny though. So yeah, very more like a like breathing out my nose, laughing at things. Like instead yeah. of like out loud laughing, <laughs> and go hmm, or something. <laughs> a lot of that. Just a lot of <laughs> yeah. things. <laughs> it it is there. I wish they would have either just went harder on it or. Um, I guess maybe more on the serious stuff. It feels like there's a clash of tones for me. Gotcha. This might sound kind of dumb, but like, I know, you know, we, we say a lot with like big blockbuster stuff, like Marvel movies, you know, they're like easy. Don't got to think too much about it. Go watch some explosions and stuff. And that was kind of how I took this one in. Like I just literally just like mindlessly watched these people ramble about nothing for almost two and a half hours <laughs> i think that's kind of how you have to watch it that's because i was trying to take notes for like half of it and i just stopped because i was like i just need to just get you know like bask in the vibe i guess because i'm like i don't know it was like detracting too much for me to like pause it and write a note and look back up i was like i just need to get in the groove i just need to you know like vibe with it rather than yeah try to meticulously follow along or whatever yeah I don't know, it was weird like i don't i think i just yeah went in with a different i don't know maybe i should have been more critical about it though going in Nah, eh, not necessarily i mean i don't know it was definitely weird they would just say weird stuff and i'd be like sure why not keep going i want to see where it goes <laughs> no yeah i mean if it didn't offend your sensibilities or anything that's good it did something right i mean and like it didn't offend mine either i'm not sure yeah i, I, I think i've harped on it a little bit but i i did like it overall like i think it's good it's just it's not like i don't know it's just there's just some stuff in it that I just, I guess I didn't like, I don't, it, but they're it not like pretty harsh. long. Yeah, it's just long and it's convoluted, but it's hard to criticize too, because I feel like it's uh, very intentional as well, but it's just not, it doesn't groove with me in the right frequency sometimes. Yeah, I agree. For like a decent, the main thing I go off of when I'm reviewing is like entertainment and I, it just wasn't hitting the entertainment vibe for me. So, like, it's very well done, like all this guy's movies have been, but they're, they feel like they're targeted for someone besides me, is my thing on this one, too, <laughs> which the last one was as well. Oh, yeah, we'll have to see how differently our scores were on this one at the end, again, compared to the last two. <laughs> We've all been flopping around. I think we all had some pretty much different each time. Except for, uh, yeah, Dan, I think, gave watches to both. So he's been consistent. We'll see where he lands this time. <laughs> we'll see. I think on the story, like, the past three movies we've watched, since I guess we're doing all Paul's movies here, they've all kind of felt the same. Like, Barry's character kind of wanders around. It's a day in his life. Um, Freddy, it's like his life scene, the master. And this one is like Doc's life as he's kind of helping investigate this thing. Well, also, out of his mind on drugs. He he does a good job at telling these stories pretty well, but it seems like you got to be in it or not in it. I don't know. Yeah, that's kind of licorice pizza was too. That's the only one I'd seen before any of these. And it was like, basically, it was another like kind of hangout movie kind of thing where it's just seeing these people kind of live their lives and do their things, no strong plot. I mean, this one's definitely, it's got a plot. It's just hard to... Hard to parse. Yeah, exactly. And you kind of see it like how I would assume Doc would see it. So he does, he likes telling these personal stories, like character driven stuff, instead of setting up more like big plot elements and plot points and stuff, I feel like. Well, seeing it how Doc sees it's where the problem is, because it's a very in-depth 
interconnected crime drama story. Um, and we just see it how he sees it. So it just makes it so difficult to put pieces together, you know, which is it, it's interesting, right? Because the crime drama is what kept me invested in seeing what was going to play out with it. But it was so hard while watching it to put it all together, <laughs> too. I think by the end, it, it gets a little easier. But just how the way they structured it and filmed it, it makes it pretty difficult so it, it's it's weird that's what kept me engaged but i also like crime dramas a lot one thing i wanted to touch on with the story too that i didn't like was i i don't think doc does much investigating in this movie i think fox mentioned it earlier he kind of just goes somewhere and then people just spout exposition at him for what's going on for whatever reason, you know, he, it, he doesn't do much investigating and I didn't particularly care for that, you know, cause there's this mystery going on that we've got to solve, but most of it is just, he goes somewhere and then somebody tells him what's happening. There's only like two instances where he like does something on his own, like when he goes to the rehab facility and's running around there. And then when he goes to investigate um, Adrian, and then you find out Puck is working for him there. Those I liked because he has some agency. <laughs> and he's actually doing something and not just people telling him things, you know? Mm-hmm. When he met with uh, Wolfman's wife, that was another incident. He's like undercover trying to sneak in. And I guess at the record party, he's like a he's pretending to be a producer. All of that that one doesn't play in up as much as the other ones. Um, I do wish he was like a better detective because I was kind of rooting for him. And at the end, like he turns out to be the sucker. Isn't that how it always works, though? I mean, that is common in noir. But like, I mean, I love that scene where he's looking at his whiteboard and he's got all the arrows and he's just like slack-jawed, yeah. like, <laughs> what? <laughs> but I wish he had like a light bulb moment at some point. I just feel bad. Like, I don't know. I, I wanted him to turn out to be a good hippie detective. The never does feel like he figures it out. Yeah, which I think would help because I, I do think he does investigate. I mean, how, how else is he going to investigate besides just going up and asking questions, which he does a lot in this movie, but... It's kind of like, it never feels like he ever pieces it together, which I think yeah. would make it more satisfying. Yeah. That's what I meant. He doesn't put the pieces together. Everybody else just like tells them something and it's like, go here. And then this person tells them, you know, and, it, and when you do it like that, it's just like a bunch of people spouting exposition to you. It's not as engaging as if you're figuring it out yourself, putting the pieces together. Yeah, I was rooting for him too, but unfortunately he's not very good at it. It feels like, but maybe he is. I guess he, he saved Owen Wilson and uh, helped get the, what was it, the Golden Fang ship caught somehow. Maybe he does, but yeah, it's not very like easy to spot how he does it. I'm not even sure that the Golden Fang gets their just desserts. They get they get their drugs back because they're backed by the FBI. So he calls them and gives them back the heroin. So the FBI will let Coy off the hook. He did do that. I was thinking of when they brought their ship in. <laughs> yeah, the lawyer guy shows up and is talking about yeah that they caught they brought it in because of something or another. Yeah, 
But yeah, right. If they're so connected with the law, like what's really going to happen? I think that's something to do with like Bigfoot setup for him. Maybe I guess that's what I'm unclear on is like Bigfoot setup, how that all fell together. Yeah. What was he doing exactly? Was he like trying to rip them off and like make money or was he like trying to like because uh, Doc says something like, oh, I'm the bait. Like there was something like a trap or something. Um, he wants vengeance for his partner and he knows that hurting the golden fang will hurt the government. Oh, okay. So that's it. He wasn't like trying to catch him and arrest him or anything. Yeah, and he can't do it himself because they're watching him. So he like lines things up so Doc will wander in and be the bait and somehow hurt the Golden Fang. But then Doc just gives him back the drugs that he plants in his car. <laughs> uh, Bigfoot plants in Doc's car, I should say. Yeah, that was a very WTF moment for me. I was like, wait, what? I did have a i guess i was gonna see if you guys felt the same about something with the story i feel like shasta's dead like maybe her first appearance is real maybe but i'm not convinced but i don't know if shasta's alive huh i think she's real at the start because josh brolin like talks about how she left so I think she's there at the start for sure, but I don't know. Yeah, when she came back, that got weird. I did not like that scene um, with Doc and her when she came back. Uh, I was tense. I liked it, but it was very like, oh, God, what's happening? <laughs> I think maybe Doc is grieving, and his like grief is like coming into his acid trips. He did do a lot of dope before that, right? Like at the dentist's place, so maybe. Uh-huh. I don't know. I feel like there's like something here about him running around and actually doing things instead of just being at home on his couch because he's trying not to face that Shasta's dead. Well, there's some weird. There's a weird scene at the end. I was I, you reminded me because I wanted to ask because it's like they're driving away into the sunset, basically. Um, him and Shasta, right? And then like there's something weird going on with the light, like in his face. What's up with this? He's like it, like it's in his eyes, and then like fades away. And then at the end, it like comes back in, and it feels like he's like staring right into the light, like some big revelation or something. But well, on on Fox's point there, it could be like, isn't it supposed to like get brighter or something when you're tripping on hard drugs or something, right? So that could be like Anderson showing that he's tripping if that's what's going on. Which I mean, that that would make sense, and I like that theory you've got, Fox, because like whenever Shasta does show up. Like, she just shows up. Doc never sees her come in or even notices her coming in or leaving, right? So, I think you might be on the something there. It's always in that door frame. But, like, I don't want to, I don't know, because I, I would be disappointed if this movie turned out to be, well, how much of it was real and how much was hallucinated. I wouldn't be a fan of that. Yeah, same. I was worried it was going to go down that route, but I... Besides Shasta, I don't think, like, most of this is anything he's hallucinating. <laughs> I kind of think she might be real. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I think that's where I'm leaning. I just, it is kind of weird, though. That is just the thing. It's kind of weirdly ambiguous. Like, not as ambiguous as you'd expect, but still. Like, it's like you could you could take it in a couple different ways. I feel like since that was basically the driving plot of this, it shouldn't have been ambiguous. But that's just me. I kind of feel like Doc is high on some sort of uh, drug throughout the entire movie. He's doing, like, weed, I think. Yeah, I don't know. But he takes some other stuff, too, throughout. He doesn't do hard stuff a lot. 
Yeah, he said he would, he'd been pretty clean besides uh, the weed, and then he does end up doing dope after that. He's got a thing about heroin. That's it. He's always like, yeah, I won't do heroin. Heroin's what I won't do. I felt like there was a vibe in this movie where everyone's constantly trying to get him to do heroin. And this was something like his struggle to not do heroin. Like, everybody seems to be offering it to him. And at the end, the bad guys are going to force it on him. But then I'm like, how much of this is real? And how much of it is like Doc being like, well, I definitely didn't do the heroin. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think he did. He did that. I don't know what that stuff was in the dentist lab. He definitely did that. That was definitely cocaine. (laughs) A big pile of it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that was so funny. Just going back over the snort and all the time. Oh, he's just hanging out, hitting laughing gas at some point there. <laughs> no, that's that was true. Good. I forgot about that. I really like your your theory, Fox, on Shasta, because then that kind of puts Doc in a new light. Like maybe he's the way he is at the moment um, because he's grieving over her being dead or something, and he just hasn't accepted it yet. It gives them a little more than what you'd think at first glance, you know? I think kind of Shasta is kind of like his, like, I mean, it's in the title, his vice. Like, that's like the thing that really, his weakness, his biggest weakness is just like her and getting him, she draws him into this trouble and he he can't like resist her. And they they, they speak a lot about like, how, oh, but this doesn't mean we're getting back together. You know, there's like that couple that always like gets together, they get in trouble, they split up and then they find each other again feels like it's kind of a cycle in that way, too. Mm-hmm. Well, do you guys got anything else about the story? I don't didn't like the narration of this either. <laughs> <laughs> I was yeah, going to ask. That was one of the things he added that's not in the book. <laughs> See, he should have left that crap out. You don't need it in this movie because all it is is nonsense <laughs> for the most part. It's weird, because it's like his friend, uh, what's her name, Sortilege or something like that? And it's like, who? I don't even understand what her purpose in the movie is, but why is she narrating this? She like kind of gives us insights into Doc's mind every once in a while, but it's like, I would have rather just had him like talk to somebody and like talk out how he feels rather than, yeah, have her just <laughs> droning on in there. Yeah, like, I get why they put it in. They put it in to be more like the noir stuff, right? Because, you know, they always have the detective narrating his thoughts and stuff while he's doing things. So I get why it's there, but, you know, I don't think they needed it in this one. If I ever had a criticism, I do think we could have gone for some of Doc's internal monologue. I would yeah, I'd rather had Doc say it, honestly, yeah. Because, I mean, like you said, uh, time and place, like, noirs are, that's kind of one of their tropes, right? It's like the hardened detective talking in his brain, like... She walked in late one afternoon. It was a smoky smoke wafted in. I could smell her perfume a mile away. Like that kind of thing. Like, that's, I don't know. Yeah, like that, it makes sense. You're right. Like, that's probably why they did it. But it's just weird that it's this random character that she might have something going on. I don't really know what her purpose was, except for to show up every once in a while. I would have rather had Doc, like, instead of doing the classic, like, noir, you know, narration, been like driving around and been like, hmm. I could go for a hot dog. Does that place on Sunset do relish or kraut? <laughs> mm. I would That would have been funny. <laughs> Whatever's going on in that guy's head. Well, what did you guys think of the music? Did you guys like it? 
I liked it a lot this go around. It wasn't as eclectic as the other two, but it fit very well for the style and the time period. So I, I dug it. Yeah, I liked it too. I thought it was cool. It had yeah, that kind of fun 70s style where they had like a rock slash funk band playing the music in the background, which I like that quite a bit usually. Yeah, I agree. My favorite parts of this movie, maybe we're we're jumping into it here, but was the visuals and the audio. This movie gives off a great groovy vibe um, of the 70s, and I loved all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. The vibe carries this movie a lot, I think. It's just like the the cool 70s feel. I, I just like that in my movies a lot, too. It really transports you to that time and place. I'd say it's the best, like, sets and stuff out of these, um, or most interesting ones, I'd say, out of these three that we've watched for his movies. Oh, probably, yeah. I think I'd agree. I think it's definitely why I was so willing to just be like, yeah, why not? Crazy stuff. Because the whole time I was just like, yeah, vibing, like you said, TV. <laughs> yeah, the vibe I got from this is like playing a uh, rock star game or something. And that was like, they nailed that perfectly. Every single movie I've seen of Paul's, he nails the visuals and the audio every time. Like, there's too many visual moments to list them off again. Like, the whole movie is pretty much a visual moment. Um, I dug all of that stuff in this movie. I, I do think this one, he they go for close-ups a bit too much, though. That was my, probably be my only complaint, and that's not like a huge complaint. I'll give you that, though, you know? I mean, if only because I felt like I could go for seeing more of the background and the sets and all these great colors he's got in place. Why not? If you got it, you got it. But do we got it? Are we done? Should we move on to our presentations? I'm ready. Let's do it. So uh, we got a scale we use to rate these movies that goes from burn it, pass, watch it, or buy it in that order. We're all going to give a little spiel, and then we're going to give out our ratings at the end. So who knows? Well, we have dived deep into this mystery, but we have found the dark secret that goes all the way to the top. Or will we lose interest and kind of just walk away? <laughs> who knows? But, you know, usually it's kind of random how we pick these. And I was like, is it really random? Do I need to do some digging? Should I investigate this myself? See if our system needs some sort of revamp? What is going on here? So I started investigating and, you know, so I went and started talking to some people I know. You know, there was Marilyn across the hall. She's like, yeah, I hear you guys recording all the time. But did you know there's this there's this podcast shop down the street? They've got they've got all this equipment. He's always recording. He's, he knows so much about it. And he I think he listens. He might have some insights. So I left. So, all right, I got to go talk to this guy, old Rob down at the podcast shop. And I talked to him for a bit and he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we, I don't know much about going first, but, you know, I got this guy I'm trying to find. He's got the perfect microphone. It's like, okay, sure, I'll help you with that. And so he, he took me to this guy named uh, Bill. And Bill was like, uh, anyways, long story short, um, turns out the mic goes first usually. So we'll just stick with that, I think. And that was all over the place. You had me there with uh, some guy named Bill. I was like, who's this Bill guy? I did the thing. I was like, yeah, sure, why not? And then I was like, no, wait, <laughs> this is the podcast. Oh, my gosh. But, yeah, like, like 
Bill come out of nowhere. There's a bunch of characters that do that in this movie. Um, and that's my main gripe. There's, the story structure is kind of just all over the place. It's meandering. And it didn't hit that vibe for me. Um, like all of Paul's movie, this one looks amazing. Um, it just fell short for me on those other two things. And I wasn't super interested in it. At the end, I, I was kind of bored and lost interest. Um, it feels like there's some different tones in this movie. Like, is it funny? Is it supposed to be serious? I don't know. I was kind of getting confused there myself. Um, but like those gripes aside, this completely nailed that sick, groovy 70s vibe. Um, but like Terry, I've done some investigating myself on um, Inherent Vice here, boys. I've pulled up the file and I'm determined it's going to be a watch it from Mike. Oh. Based on the visuals and the audio alone. We found it. Yeah, you know, we've, uh, I think we mentioned the scene earlier where, where, uh, Doc has his whiteboard out and he's just slack jawed staring at all the connections, you know. Maybe you've seen Always Sunny or you're familiar with the meme of, uh, Charlie Day looking crazily at a bunch of red yarn and tacks on a bunch of pieces of mail. That's very much what it's like trying to watch this movie. And I gotta be honest, I loved it. I, I, I kind of feel like maybe I shouldn't love it as much as I do. I think these guys have some very valid criticisms. But it was super easy for me just to, I don't know, sit back and almost zone out and just accept everything these guys were saying, despite how absurd and nonsensical it all seems. I probably uh don't have to reiterate, but I will how stellar the visuals and music are in this one. Top-notch, it's like being in a time machine, getting a little window into 70s L.A., or at least what I'd like to think 70s L.A. was like. The acting's killer. This is a really good one for Josh Brolin. I don't know if I necessarily was uh, that big of a fan of his before, but this is this is some top-tier acting from just about all parties involved. This is uh, This is a buy-it from fox and you know this one might even warrant a, a poster in the entryway of fox's apartment i don't know i love this i'm probably gonna watch this again later this week so uh oh wow yeah that's a big buy it all caps from fox i will unlike this movie i'll try not to yeah go on any side tangents or get too lost in uh <laughs> the details i i liked it overall i think is generally i liked it i think it was a good movie i just had some issues with there being too many characters um and i think it maybe is a little too convoluted there's not really any moments where it feels like everything clicks together it feels like i have to kind of do that on my own time which can sometimes be satisfying but in this case i don't think it worked entirely um the acting, though, is amazing, and I think that's what really holds it up, the acting, the just the vibe. I think that's the key. If you just let yourself kind of just relax, vibe with it, you know, don't overthink it. I don't think this movie really wants you to really overthink it. There's some stuff, I guess we talked about, the ambiguity, amb ambiguity, that's the word, of the, the ending and kind of the Shasta stuff. Uh, that That's kind of an interesting thought, and I think that maybe there is some stuff you could really ponder there, but... The plot, I don't think you're supposed to, like, fret it too much. Um, and I don't think it was a huge detriment. I'm going to give it a watch it. I liked it. Um, it's not my favorite. It's probably my least favorite I've seen of... Well, in this category, it's the least favorite. Uh, I, I like this better than Licorice Pizza. But, um, yeah, it's it's good. It's just not something I clicked with entirely, I would say. 
I like this one more than the other two we've watched so far, but not as much as There Will Be Blood, of course. Just like the other two, I feel like I have the same <laughs> criticisms for all of Paul Thomas Anderson's films, right? It's got interesting characters, great cinematography, set design, all the all the technical stuff's always great. But just like the plot and the story isn't up to snuff with the rest of it, you know? And it's it's the same with this one too. I I just wanted some better writing or maybe not be as aloof as this movie is, because it's hard to, <laughs> you know, do all the crime drama stuff when you're so aloof with what's going on, you know? So it, it's a weird, weird thing to try and do. It's interesting. I haven't seen it done much, and I think he does it as well as he can do, but I, I don't know if that's the best pairing for that, this kind of thing, you know? Um, I also didn't like that. For the majority of this, uh, Doc's just getting told the answers to the mystery, you know? He's not putting the pieces together himself for the most part. He does infiltrate a lot of places, which is always funny and amusing, but I wish he did that more. So I, I didn't care for that, but, you know, I really, I dug the 70s look for this film. I loved the costumes and the sets. I think the sets were the most interesting ones out of the um, the three we've watched so far. So I really liked that. I dug Joaquin Phoenix's look, especially with the curly hair. He should have kept that going more in the movie. He looks so cool. I was worried it was going to be like, it's not all really happening, you know, because he's high all the time, but it really isn't. So um, if you're worried about that, you don't need to worry about that too much. I'm going to give it a watch. It. Um, I enjoyed it more than those other two, like I said. So I, I think it's worth your time at least once just to see what's up with it. Nice. Well, there you go. All watch it. So we all landed on the same. Well, wait, nope. Fox. Nah, Fox it. bought it. <laughs> oh, that's he loved right. it. He ruined it. <sighs> I almost feel like I should have given the last one a watch it now. Like, you know, I really liked that last one a lot, but I liked this one so much more than that really? one. Really? Yeah. Dang. I know. I do feel like, you know, some of these, some movies, it's like, you know, if I've watched this a couple of times, I think like it might make more sense just because now that I have like a basic outline in my head of what like the mystery is, maybe it would like fit together better i don't know um so i wouldn't be against watching it again probably maybe a while down the line um it's just it's a weird movie yeah it just kind of has a strange like yeah like we said aloofness to it that's like i don't think it wants you to like be able to kind of piece it all together necessarily at least at, at, all at once yep it's got a lot of crazy stuff in there that's subdued <laughs> Well, Dan, you're the final, the one, the last pick. Have you decided what you're going to do? You know, I've I've mentioned this movie a lot on here, right? And for good reason, because it's pretty dang good. Um, so I, I, it'd be a shame if we did Paul Thomas Anderson and didn't talk about There Will Be Blood. That's probably the guy's most... It's either that or Boogie Nights, his most famous movie, I'd say. I'm excited to watch this. This is probably the this has been on my list 
ever since like Netflix came out, I think this movie has been on my watch list on Netflix. Oh dang, that's a long yeah. time TV, <laughs> and yet I never watched it. So this will be good. This was one of the first like art house films I ever saw way back in the day, kind of on a whim. Yeah, I watched this like seems like eight years ago now. I just love the title, dude. There will be blood. Like every single one of this guy's titles, I think, is awesome. But there will be blood is my favorite. Oh, that's so epic. Where can they tell us their thoughts on old Paul's movies? Yeah, you can hit us up on Facebook or Twitter at Run the Real, or you can email us at Run the Real Podcast at gmail dot com. Yeah, I'd love to hear your thoughts on Paul Thomas Anderson movies, particularly Heron Vice. Do you think it's too like? aloof is it too like incoherent or does it like have some dark mystery that you're going to reveal to us that we'd missed and it's even deeper than we thought it goes even higher up the chain we never expected i want to know i want to know the dark mysteries of the inherent vice yeah hit hit us up because i didn't get what was going on in this movie but <laughs> maybe you did like these guys did here so yeah get in contact with us and be sure to tune in next week for There Will Be Blood. Um, <laughs> anyways, yeah, thanks for listening to us tonight. We really appreciate it. This is Run the Real, signing off. Mm-hmm.